there is no flipping happening at all. You've been you've been inverted back to front. Yeah. So when you look at a mirror, you're looking, you're looking at yourself inside out from the back. Exactly. What? <laughs> Scotch. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 103 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast of Butterscotch Shenanigans. I'm Seth, and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam, and I'm the typer of strange symbols. And I'm Sam, and I make pictures often. And today is June 20, 2017. Before we get started, we have a warning. Anything could happen on this show, there's gonna be... Swears. Swears. And cares. Swears. Swears, cares, bears. Yep. So, if you don't want to get mauled by a bear, or witness a swear, or then get out of there. be mauled by a swearing bear... Who cares? Who does care? I don't care. About mauling you. Yeah. <laughs> this is uh, a great job. Yeah. All right, brothers. We got some news this week. Some things have happened. First off, uh, we finally got around to making the Jam video. It is live at bit.ly slash bscotchplays1. Mm-hmm. We'll probably put a link to B-scotch it. Bscotchplays1? Plays1. Because we're going to play. what? We're going to play yeah, two later. Maybe oh. we're going to have more plays. Yeah. Oh, of the jam or just other just things? Generally. What if we lose track of what number we're on? Then, then we'll just, we'll just start using, uh, we'll use Greek symbols. Okay. So, so we'll be like, plays one and then plays B, Omega. Plays Omega. That's Greek, right? Probably uh, Greek. Uh, yes. Listen, you guys. Wait, hold listen. on. The number one or the letter? The letter. Word. The word one. I mean, the number. Sorry. <laughs> W-O-N. You confused me. Listen, I took a sleeping pill last night. You did? And... I didn't know that that's what sleep is supposed to be like. Oh, I yeah. guess I still don't know what sleep is supposed to be like. Maybe here's what, here's what okay, happened. Well, well, I'm going to yeah. spin you a yarn. Right, Wait, me before you do it, I just need to know: Are these over the counter or prescription? How do you? I don't even know what sleeping pills. Don't are. worry about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay so here's what happened. Pill. Here's what happened. Uh, I went to bed, fell asleep. Right, that's phase one. Okay. Right. How, how? What was the? What was the time period between? Laying your head it, down for rest. It was still probably about like a half hour or so. Okay. I think I think it takes a while, you know, for it so to you kick took in. it right like right when you went to bed. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I, I fell asleep and then I had I had all kinds of great dreams. It was really nice. Then I woke up to my alarm in the morning and I just got up and I was like, oh, and I just, I felt fine. You feel good? I felt good. I just I just woke up and I was like, I I'm awake now. Wow. I feel rested. Huh. What is this? I thought when you I thought when you go to bed, it's now the start of like a battle. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> where where you two, slowly die. For two hours, <laughs> you slowly die, and you're trying to like claw your way out. Mm-hmm. And then while you're sleeping, uh, you have all you're these like weird a, dreams. And, and then about every, on the uh, about every two hours, you suddenly burst awake. And you're like, and then, <laughs> and then you're like, hmm. And then you think, should I go pee? <laughs> Then you're like, if I go pee, then I'll be more awake. Yeah, so then there's like an hour-long struggle of debating. Do you pee? Mm. Do you get out of bed? Do you not? Mm-hmm. And then you think, it's sort of bright in here. Maybe I should close the blinds. <laughs> <laughs> then you get up. You finally, you go pee. You go back to bed. And then you go, I'm warm. And then <laughs> you go adjust the air conditioner. Mm-hmm. Right? This is the whole ritual. And then you go back to bed. You got to twiddle all those knobs. Yep. And then after about three hours, you're still laying there with your eyes open, just staring at the ceiling. And then your alarm goes off and then it's time to start your day. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's different than my sleep experience. They're not, not completely different, but mine is lay in bed for a while. Mm -hmm. uh, And then claw my way into what I hope is going to be sleep, but is actually a kind of death. And then I rot for like somewhere between, (laughs) you know, five and seven hours, maybe wake up once or twice, but you know, who knows? I don't have much memory at the time because I'm literally decaying on the inside. And then my alarm starts to go off and I start to come back to life, but presumably the same way that somebody who has actually died comes back to life where it's not great. Yeah. It just hurts hurts a lot. It'd be like that scene from the, the mummy trailer where Tom Cruise gets killed in an airplane crash and then suddenly he bursts awake inside of a body bag and he's very disoriented. Yeah. And clearly he was dead. Is that every morning yeah. for you guys? It's yeah. basically every morning. <laughs> yeah. And so I didn't know, yeah, I didn't know that you're supposed to just, you go, you lay down. Do you think maybe you guys are like trying to sleep too hard? I've stopped doing this. I think, think you just thinking about it no, way mostly too just much. just lay down now and then don't even worry about it. Yeah, you just so gotta, I actually do sleep. It's just relax. I don't feel like it does anything for me except that it's required. Like I have to die a little bit to stay alive. I, yeah. found out, so I think I'm actually I'm actually like a nine hour sleeper. I think it's been part of my problem is that everyone's like, oh yeah, you got to sleep eight hours a night. But the truth is, of course, 
if you're actually like a no, normally a nine hour person, then you're just constantly. Well, I think really those are tired. the same people who say you're supposed to drink exactly eight glasses of water. To and if you age. drink, if you drink eight point three glasses, you it's That's over. too many. Yeah, I think it's it's, it's important to figure out what sort of you know what's your actual time requirement you need to feel really good. Because if I get, if I get a full nine hours of sleep, then I feel fantastic the next day. I actually feel so. So my experience has been that there's some sort of a there's some sort of a like a Gaussian curve of mm-hmm. time, you know, uh, where I feel shitty no matter what time of it I step off of that little that little Gauss train. But mm-hmm. uh, but it seems to me to be centered around seven hours. I think if I get my, nine, I just like feel, I feel good and better in some ways and then worse in other ways. Yeah. I think yeah. my ideal sleep time is nine years old, meaning that's the only time I remember in my <laughs> life when I slept well. Yeah. So. well. Maybe, maybe taking this sleeping pill last night, since you, now you know how to sleep, maybe it'll, you know, maybe it's kind of like a chain, a combo breaker, if you yeah, will. Yeah. Pro- it's probably true. Sleep problems. Now that I know how to do it, you could just go I learned, it. I learned the lesson. You now I read the bike. I'm just like, Oh, it turns out I just lay there and sleep. And are there relax. sleeping pills that are non-addictive? Are there? I don't think so. Are they just all, I mean, people try, uh, what is it? Melatonin? Yeah. Melatonin. Is that the one? Yep. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of those sorts of things. Yeah, I've heard that one's fairly BSE, but I mean, the thing is, if it placebos, who gives a yeah, shit? Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> if you sleep, you sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm sleep, gonna take right. my sleeping pills now. Yeah, yeah. A sleeping pill. Yeah, it was because <laughs> I I always thought like I wake up in the morning and then there's like a 45 minute period where I'm just kind of like, I'm, like people shouldn't be talking to me. Nothing should happen because my brain is just not activated yet, and it just takes a long ass time before I can start to function as a human. Mm-hmm. But this morning I just woke up and I was like, oh, okay, here we go. Time to start the day immediately. <laughs> so I guess, awesome. that's, I yeah, guess that's how brain, sleep normally works. I don't know. So. My brain is on immediately, but my body and like my just overall feel like my, like right now my eyes feel very dry and I just feel tired, you know? Mm. I slept a totally reasonable amount last night. Um, didn't do anything weird ahead of time. You know, I just went, just read for a little bit, went right to bed and just. just Why is it so hard? You know, we're like, we're all 30 years old ish. Yeah, I think about how many times you have slept and yet how you is it still so are not hard still? an expert yeah. at sleeping. What is the deal? Yeah, I've done it easily twenty times. This is this <laughs> is kind of like this is kind of like the uh, the the sky problem from when mm. when we first started doing games. Sam was working on making a making the sky in the background, and he made it so that it's like uh, bright at the top, and then it goes dark down to bottom. dark at the bottom. And I was mm-hmm. like the fuck are you doing? This is backwards. And Sam's like, no, the sun's up there. So it's bright. And the sun's not down low. So it's dark. And I'm like, go outside, <laughs> go, <laughs> go outside, outside and, and look at the sky. Turns and out it's like the sky is the inverse gradient of what you would think it would be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause it turns out even though the sun is up there, so is space, which is a lot bigger dark, and darker, but also there's a lot more air down low to actually catch the light from the sun. And so the horizon is brighter than the top of the sky. But even though you have seen it, constantly for thousands and thousands of days throughout your life, you don't actually realize that that's what's happening. Yeah, so someone needs to teach us how to sleep, apparently. Because we're, we're still stuck on the sky problem of sleep, I think. Here. Yep. Yeah. So uh, we also did a quarterly review last weekend, mm-hmm. which uh, is something that we've... Quarterly retreat, where we retreated to the office. <laughs> <laughs> While screaming, waving a white flag. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 So the idea with the quarterly retreat is... To just evaluate what we've been up to the past mm-hmm. few months, except this was our first one. So you, yes. So we had to catch up on about five years. Yeah. yeah. It was a little longer. By quarterly, we're measuring in a quarter means a whole a year. Quarter a quarter of two centuries. A quarter of yeah. a score, if right. you will. <laughs> a quarter score. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so we had, and we had an interesting conversation about, well, all kinds of stuff. Oh, we'll, yeah. we'll probably reveal... More ideas we ha- have later as we enact some various experiments. Mm-hmm. But uh, one of the things that we talked about that I think is worth sharing is we got into a, a pretty big conversation about the concept of debt. Not mm-hmm. financial debt, but b- mind debt. Of all sorts. Of all flavors. Yeah. And there's there's a common one in, in video games or just in tech in general, which is the, co- the, the idea of tech debt, which basically says... Okay, you know, we built the system this particular way when we first built it. And now everything that we do has to work with that, even though we know that this is a terrible thing that we've built. And the more you learn, the more new things you want to do. And the more you learn that your original system was horrible, is terrible. This happens Mm -hmm. just literally all the time. So whatever we're making now, I guarantee it in like two years, 
we're going to say, oh, man, that was garbage. Uh, horrible. Well, and, and, then, and it's part of our philosophy, which is that that should always be true, that we look back and we're like, God, that, that was that was bad yeah. work we did. Mm-hmm. Because if, if not, that means we haven't been improving during right. that time. So, so knowing, knowing that every decision you make is simultaneously the best decision you can, but also the worst decision probably. From here on out. From right. here on out, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's Looking back on it, it will have been a terrible decision, yeah. but it's always going to be the best one. And so... Uh, so we were talking about this idea of tech debt, and we're also doing this with, with B-Scotch ID, mm-hmm. where we're working on B-Scotch ID 2, uh, because the original B-Scotch ID was built sort of... Some would uh, say haphazard. <laughs> Some would say exactly Some would that. say. <laughs> and, and they would be understating things. <laughs> and so for, for a while, we kept having the conversation about, okay, how do we adapt B-Scotch ID to work with GameMaker 2 and bring it up in, uh, to, up to speed in all these different ways and, you know, just keep updating the so, system. And we have all these concepts right now. So we have, you know, our, our current perk system with this list of achievements that are, you know, linked very tightly to certain kinds of game systems. And, uh, and we have this current player base in B-Scotch ID. And so we we didn't want to just make a new system. We were like, it has to, they have to, they have to match. You want to throw the baby out with the bat. Right. We need backwards compatibility. So that means like all the stuff that current B-Scotch ID does, this new one should do exactly those things. And then we can add other stuff on. Yeah. So that's, so that's the tech debt that we were in. And, but then we discovered other kinds of debt. So we were working on the Shenanah Jam and we made a game called Snuppies for the Shenanah Jam. And our theme for that was slinging the banhammer. So the game we made was basically about these trolls and you are like flinging hammers at trolls mm-hmm. um, like you do on the internet. Right. right. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so we, we then decided we were going to take this game, this game concept and bring it out full time into a, into legitimate commercial product. But we realized uh, within the first week that all of our decisions about, uh, about the design of the game and about sort of the thematics and everything were stemming from the decisions we had made during the jam. So we kept trying to fit things into this really kind of tropey, generic trolls, parchment, you know, stone hammers, stone hammers, whatever. It was all very predictable and boring and, de- and definitely not in our normal. Sort of like we just like making weird, weird stuff. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so we realized that we had accidentally locked ourselves into some lower debt mm-hmm. where all of our future decisions were now being being sort of manipulated by this past uh, set of decisions we had made under a different scenario. And it's important to note that when it comes to lore or design or whatever else is that you are you are tethered to your past in a lot of ways. And so... Uh, you can't just all of a sudden go, this is a racing game now. Yeah. Like there's some- so in the case of, in the case of Snuppies, you know, we're, as we get, as we build more elements, we're like, okay, well, it's, we're going to build this new, uh, this new UI piece. Um, the focus is no longer on what the, the art housing and the art style should look like because it's already been established as a stone and parchment. And so the further you go in, the more uh, solid this sort of lore construction ends up seeping into the whole game. Um, and so at some point with either lore debt or tech debt or, uh, in some of our other cases, uh, process debt, as we've now started calling it, um, you just which, need which to process debt would be, you've been going about doing things in a particular way. And because of that, you tend to keep doing them in a particular mm-hmm. way. And you start making decisions based on how you do things instead yeah. of, right, instead of what's best. Yeah. Yeah. So, so at some point though, you have to, you know, maybe you step back and you're like, you know what, this is too much. And you know, you don't, you're not a bank. You don't, you don't owe, you don't owe anybody anything for your Lord debt. That's right. Or for people only debt. care about what comes out at the end. Mm-hmm. I don't think yeah. banks owe anybody anything either. Just everybody Sorry. owes banks yeah, and they right. never forgive you. You don't owe anything to the banks right. for your Lord. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that means at some point you can, you are the banker as well as you're the bank and the banker, exactly. which means you're the only person who is you're both the, willing and able to forgive your own debts. Mm-hmm. So it's time to have a Jubilee. Let's talk about that. A Jubilee is an, is an older concept uh, that I believe some countries used to do. I'm pretty sure none of them do it now. No, financial institutions are too powerful. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it was the concept that after a certain amount of time, so say something like 20 years, uh, and it would be on a cycle, so every 20 years this would happen, there'd be a jubilee where all debts nationwide are forgiven. So any any money you owe to anybody, legally, you just don't have to pay it anymore. Mm-hmm. This probably caused a lot of crime problems. Yep. Uh, which well, and probably <laughs> for like the two years before the Jubilee also, then nobody's going to lend money. The entire economy and, shuts down. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it leads to some problems if you think about it in financial terms. <laughs> but 
but I think the idea of the Jubilee, we've, we've also taken to calling it just the burn it down philosophy where you basically say, so you take, you take a huge step back and just look at what really needs to be true um, and see whether or not what you're doing actually meets those needs. So, and then you can just, you just realize you are not beholden to any of your past decisions. You burn it down. Burn that thing down and start over with your newfound knowledge and don't tether yourself to you all know, this. this reminds me of, so we, we grew up in Iowa and, and uh, every, well, I guess we probably did it more often than we needed to because it was super fun. But yeah. uh, every year we would burn the prairie. Yep. And we're supposed to do it every three years, I think, and we did it every yeah. year. Prairie fires naturally occur every few years. Generally. Whatever, so because so, of lightning and So the way, the way the prairie actually works, though, um, as a, as like a biome is that actually a lot of the seeds and stuff are fire activated. Yeah. Which is pretty, which is incredible. Pretty badass. So what this means is that the, <laughs> the grass, the grasses grow, they get super duper tall. And then of course things get kind of stale because like there's not enough room for more stuff. And, and so, also uh, certain things have won now, you know, cause yeah. there's, there's a battle for sunlight and then some stuff has won that battle. Yeah. And if you ever wonder you why that there's prairie debt, it's yeah. time yeah. for a jubilee. Yeah, there's fire. no more diversity <laughs> left. It's just a bunch of tall yeah, Born and if you have, actually, if you ever wonder why there's not many, there's usually not many trees in the prairie, it's because it's because of the fires. So the fires oftentimes just claim trees. Well, it's because of that, and also how fast everything else grows, and they always went up over trees because mm-hmm. trees are slow yeah. as fuck. So, uh, so what, it, what we ended up doing is that uh, we would go out and we'd go out usually with uh, with some friends and our dad, and then we'd start everything on fire. And mm-hmm. it was always just, of course, super fun because literally you spend a whole day just burning everything. Well, you spend the first part of the day doing all of your control stuff so that you don't mm-hmm. start. You have to mow paths between certain areas, yeah. make sure the fire doesn't jump. Or your fire breaks up, you know, do all that stuff. Yeah. Sometimes you have to call the fire department, let them know needed. that there will in fact be a fire and it's totally under control and don't worry about it. Yeah. They do come and visit though. <laughs> they will come often. and visit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, so we, you know, we would, we would burn this stuff down and that, that is burn it down is actually the phrase that we've used internally in the studio a lot before we sort of uh, crystallized this concept over the last week of the, of Jubilee and debt clearing. Um, and I think it is, it is really important to note that, 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 that fire, the, the debt clearing is a thing that can really, again, just like in the prairie, sort of activate, activate a bunch of ideas that have been sitting there just, just waiting, but have been crowded out by too much debt, right? yep. too much shit. And so um, with uh, Snuppies, you know, the, the Jubilee there, the, the burn it down mm-hmm. was basically, we said, okay, all the stuff that's currently here in terms of thematics. So all the art basically, and all the phrases and words that we're using to talk about things, wipe it clean. Mm-hmm. So these are no longer trolls. You're no longer picking up these little like snail puppies, you know, whatever. Um, the mechanics will stay the same at their core, but everything else we're going to change. And so then we just got to envision what this game could be. And that also actually opened up a whole bunch of new conversations about um, extra cool mechanics to add in and new parts of the game and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been really good. And then as far as tech debt goes with stuff like B-Sketch ID, mm-hmm. you know, we, we are legit taking a burn it down mentality. Not, not in such a way that like the old B-Sketch ID will cease to exist. Yeah. It's going to be, it'll be legacy B-Sketch ID yeah. for our legacy games. It'll, you know, it'll still be there. It'll still work as it, as it mm-hmm. does right now. I guess it'll still kind of work as it does right now. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and then moving forward, we're just going to make, it's just going to be a new system. It's going to be a new B-Sketch ID system. And where where it seems important and necessary, we'll have those two systems talk to each other, so that for for people using it, it's going to feel like it's 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 not going to feel like they're making a new account, right? It's yeah. going to feel like that their account is just better, and that there are different ways of interacting with it or something. Yep. But yeah, so it's going to be. But, but previously, we were when we were trying to figure out what to do, we were like, well, how are we going to migrate all the data over? Like, how are we going to you know, convert it from an entirely different format into this other one and do that securely and And you might remember safely. that, uh, that other focusing question we've talked about. Can we not, can yeah. we not do that? What if we just do These are that? tightly coupled. What if we just burn yeah. it down, yeah. start over. Exactly. Seed so activated B-Scotch ID. Yep. Yep. So now we just get to make an entirely new thing and it, and it doesn't, it, it, it no longer is constrained by what the old past. B-Scotch ID did. And so, so even, even concepts that we have, like our cross-game perks, that kind of stuff, which we still want to keep that concept of, where you can do something in one game and it has consequences in another game. We still want to have that concept because we think it's really cool and important. But it doesn't have to be anything like the way that it currently is. Yeah, we could get rid of whatever we want, make entirely new things that that are more interesting and that, that allow us to have learned from what we've done in the past. Well, let's talk about this with regard to, so we, we had another form of this sort of debt concept that we came up with was uh, fan debt. So. Yeah. 
So now with, uh, with the success of Crashlands, you know, we have um, a couple hundred thousand people in our newsletter system uh, and, uh, you know, that many in terms of uh, units sold and that sort of thing. So we have an existing fan base now. And so there's always this question of what if we make a game? What if we just want to make a game like Flop Rocket now? We're just going to take two weeks and bang out some fun arcade style, you know, shoot 'em up or something. How does that square with our existing user base? Should we be worried about that? Like, are, we, are people going to be mad that we made a small game instead of and didn't make Crash Crashlands Lands 2 or yeah. Crashlands yeah. co-op or whatever? And the answer is maybe, but who cares? <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, and I think Adam had the, had the astute point that, uh, I guess if you want to Yeah, so the, it, the, so. Quote, the quote from Adam was, your current player base is the minority of your future player base. Well, I think I think there's also an ex, an excellent and I, did, I didn't say the quote because I couldn't remember it off of my off yeah. of my head. So yeah. I didn't and I think there's there's a good point here, which is uh, what I think what you truly owe to your players is to continue making great things, mm-hmm. um, and everybody is going to come to expect or demand certain things from you. And the more the more good products you make, the more fans you get for those products, um, the more people you're just going to have demanding various things, right? Yep, and so. Uh, just because we aren't going to be making Crashlands 2 right out of the gate doesn't, and yeah, okay, maybe there's going to be a sliver of people who are like, damn, I wish I wish that was Crashlands mm-hmm. 2. That doesn't mean they're going to be mad that they now have something else that's awesome to play, right? right? And I like to, I like to look at um, Blizzard, which I feel like they actually, there was probably a, a long time where they yeah. basically allowed themselves to be beholden to fan debt because they made... The Warcraft series, uh, they they got Diablo and they got Starcraft, and those were all pre two thousand. Mm-hmm. And then there was a uh, what a like twelve a year or whatever twelve yeah. year fi- 12, thir- so, something twelve year period years. like a decade at least where all they did was continue to work on products in their existing franchise. It was mostly World of Warcraft, but then they also did production of Diablo three and, and Starcraft two, right. and then and then even Hearthstone. Uh, that was for them. You could tell that like. There was a there were a lot of players who were kind of on edge where they're like, because "What is going on here? Game? Is this a mobile game? Is right. it like mm-hmm. is a card game? I'm, you know, because Blizzard they've always made these big heavy story games, um, and people just play the shit out of Hearthstone because it's a great game, mm-hmm. and a bunch people of people yelled it. about it first, yeah, and then they played it and they're like, oh, and then they great. played it anyway, and it yeah. was fine. Um, and then the same thing with uh, with Overwatch, right? It's it's the idea of you know this is a company that people trust the quality of the products that they make, and they made a first person shooter. And even though they never had made one of those before, and it wasn't a big epic sweeping story game with all this, mm-hmm. you know, crazy single player stuff and whatever. It truly is nothing like their it's other games. It's nothing yeah. like any of their older games. And the same way the Hearthstone is it. And Hearthstone I, uses the same like lore and characters sure. and stuff, but but yeah, but yeah. So I think I think Overwatch what you totally like different. what you owe your players is just respect for their time and money. And as Which long means as make good stuff make and charge good, reasonably. Yeah, make good stuff and and, and let them know about it and Charge charge an appropriate amount, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and then that's it. But I think that's to me, one is. of the interesting parts of this too is that it sort of assumes what what we all do all the time and are wrong about, right? Which is that when we when we aren't around some people, we still always are like thinking about what do they think about me? You know what mm-hmm. what what is there? And and they don't they're not thinking they're about not you. Thinking they about don't you. Talk, <laughs> they right? got yeah, other yeah. shit to work. They think about you when you're there, and if you're an asshole, they might talk about you when you're not, mm-hmm. right? But but that's really it. And, and, uh, and we, we realize that we're actually doing the same thing with our fan base, which is we have this huge number of people who've played Crashlands and we're like, what do they think? Yeah. We're like, what, what are what they going to feel do? about? What we, like the fact is they don't give a shit about it. <laughs> they really don't. They, lo- they loved Crashlands. They played it. And, yeah. and, yeah. and even that, like actually most of our players liked Crashlands. They didn't even love it. Right. They just, mm-hmm. they looked like, oh, this is a good game. This is good enough for me to give them my email address. Right. Right. Uh, and, and so we, we made it to that threshold, whatever that means, but that doesn't mean a lot. Most of those people, you know, they, they played Crashlands a year ago now. They've forgotten the game exists. They forgot, they didn't even know we existed in the first place. Mm-hmm. And so when we make a new game, we, we have the advantage that we can now email those people because they, again, they liked it enough to share some information with us. Uh, and they're going to be, they're going to be like, oh yeah, this game, they're going to kind of slowly remember because <laughs> right. they haven't thought about us for a year. And they'll have forgotten about the game they played, which they liked, but they don't, they don't remember it well enough. And like, you know, and playing it to, to even associate what we do next with that, except that if they thought it was good and they liked it, then they'll be like, Oh, maybe this thing will also be good and I'll like it. Yep. So this is, yeah. So this is burn it down, 
don't allow yourself to be beholden to all of these past decisions and feel like you're obligated to do pretty much anything. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. You just do, you just do, do you. whatever you want and just do good things. That's it. Yep. Um, all right. So speaking of burning things down and lower debt and all that stuff, how's Snuppy's going? Snuppy's is, is coming along a lot. We, we came up with the overworld concept and I've rolled in. Uh, so the, What's the, an overworld? Yeah, so the original Snuppies was essentially a, was a multiplayer battle game, right? So you you just get locked into a match with someone and similar to something like Hearthstone where it's just you. The game only exists as this little game piece. Um, and then you play a match this and that's that. battle. Yeah, there's no, there's no world outside of the sort of the main core game. Um, and what we came up with in the last week or so was actually the, a larger world structure and a larger way for players to interact with that world and potentially with, with each other um, in, in that that context of outside of the, the core, you know, battling chunk of it. So it'd be like if, you know, if Pokemon came out nowadays and it was just the battles, that's sort of like where actually most of these multiplayer battling games have gone, where there's like, fuck the entire world around this thing. Mm-hmm. We'll allow the battles to sort of hint at what the world is. Yeah. But and that's it. And this um, is like, I think when I think about Hearthstone, you know, they already have a world. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. yeah but the world that's is a different game entirely. Really. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, if you think about something like League of Legends, or even Dota. Dota released um, their first single player or like a co-op campaign mode. Their first one. It's been, I don't even know. They have all these around, characters. 15 years or something. Yeah. But yeah, they Dota's released, for a while. they released a, like a thing where you can go do just with your buddies. It's essentially player versus environment, right? So it's a little story thing. Um, and, and, you know, most of these, these games nowadays, just, they don't exist outside of that particular play space that they provide. And if you imagine, you know, something like Pokemon, but just having the battle system, that'd be a terrible horror. <laughs> so, uh, there's a lot of power to be gained from, from the external world that this, that a you know, particular game lives in. And so that's sort of what we've been focusing on, uh, the past week or so. And, uh, the game itself has come along a lot. We've, we've added a bunch of new concepts and I think hit a really good point in terms of, of the, the overall tension that gets created during the battle and the, you know, the dynamic sort of tactics that happen. So, so it's come along really well. Um, and I, I don't want to say too much more about it beyond that just yet. Um, but we're doing basically everything is subject to change. So yeah, you know, we will, we will have an overworld, um, in that, in that way that you get to walk around and do stuff between, you know, fighting each other. Yes. Pokemon esque sort of sense. And, uh, and it's definitely not going to be called Snuppies because no. there are no Snuppies in the game anymore yes. because we, once again, burned it down. Yep. So yeah. it's all Unless different. we just put some back for some reason later. Maybe there'll be a possible. unit. Who knows? There yeah. might be a might critter be a that yeah. you can just step on, mm-hmm. you know? Actually, that'd be pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So we got a couple more news items. Uh, one is uh, we have decided to open up access to our mailbox and by that, I mean just tell people that it exists because <laughs> technically it was already ready mm-hmm. to go. It's a physical mailbox. An actual mailbox for paper or packages, you know, whatever what? else you can send in the mail. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think what we're going to do is we're going to just have a bit.ly link that points to our mailbox. I'm going to say right now, we're going to go for bit.ly slash bscotch mailbox. Mm-hmm. So, uh, because I think the address is super long and hard to remember, but bit.ly slash bscotch mailbox. Well, you just say the address right now. Do we have it? Yeah. The address is 11469 Olive Boulevard, Suite 286, St. Louis, Missouri, 63141. Sweet. So if you could just yeah. memorize that, that would also be good. But. And even though it says suite, it's actually just a mailbox. Shh. I, th- I think we need to tell people that so nobody shoots up there. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Don't visit. Don't visit. Cause it's, it's just it's a the hole in the wall. <laughs> <laughs> literally, I don't mean that as a, a metaphor. Like it's, it's literally a, a hole, hole in, the wall. in the wall, but it does have a door on the hole. There's a door. It's a six inch by six inch <laughs> hole in the wall with a door on it. Yeah, yeah. That's where. Welcome we, to that's, our office. That's our HQ. <laughs> so there, there is a way that that you can actually use that hole to get into our office, Whoa. but it's a little it's complicated. Sort of a, it's it requires sort of a Narnia situation. Yeah, it requires some specialized equipment. A uh, lot that of we don't lube. just give out willy nilly. Obviously, mm-hmm. yeah. You got to lube up really good because that. I mean, if you're gonna squeeze through that. That yeah. six inch yeah. hole. Yep. It's really practice tough. contortion, you know? Yeah. yeah. And even worse, it's a, it's a square hole. It's not even a round hole. So, you know, it's real brutal. On it's, the shoulders in particular. Yeah. yeah. It's very rough. Um, well, and then sharp, and our, our last uh, news item of the week is Sam wants to talk about. I will talk to you about my blender. Although, wait a second. Why did we share a mailbox with people? We just, oh, yeah, just, just mail. did it. Yeah, people want to send us stuff. Okay, cool. You know, send us uh, like K 
candy. Mostly candy. <laughs> we've gotten a few. We've gotten well, a few, we've gotten uh, a few figurines and yeah. uh, this awesome quadrupus perler art, which is really cool. Yeah, mostly we've just gotten a few like really fun physical letters um, and and some other stuff. And, and we were, we just thought it would be actually nice if we just let people do that because we don't we try not to share our email addresses and stuff. And and we still don't want to do that because that becomes a spam magnet because it's free to send emails, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but yeah, so we just thought it'd be kind of fun. Yeah. So send us some candy. To do that. Anyways, back to my blender. Yeah. So tell us all about your blender. blender. Well, I want to talk about this. So, you know, I think I, I think I, I talked about the purchase of a tray probably like 60 episodes ago where I was like buying a tray is probably one of the best things you can do if you have, if you have a large enough living space where sometimes you want to say, put multiple snacks or drinks into another room from the kitchen tray. Like ten dollars, one of the one hey, of the wait, biggest is, is tray. The name of a dog that carries stuff no, no, yeah, on its, its back. It's or? a wooden tray. Okay, device. A wooden, hold, a wooden dog holds things. <laughs> a wooden robot dog. Did you the game? tray. <laughs> so, uh, I talked about that a long time ago. As far as you know, being a, a low a low cost purchase that just drastically improves your life. Um, in the office, Seth and I are getting aggravated because when you have coffee, we have black mugs that are completely ceramic opaque. black mugs, and we kept having this problem where. Both of us would think we had more coffee left, or I guess think we were out of coffee because from the angle we're sitting at, you can't see into the cup enough to see the liquid inside. And and so it's as dark result, in there. Yeah, know. as a result, you just sit there until your coffee gets cold, and then at some point, you go to fill it up, and you're like, oh, shit, I have a quarter, a third of a cup And now it's cold and gross. Now, so, I actually found, because when, when Sam told me this, I was mostly just confused and baffled because both of you guys behave in the same way, which is that if you can't see liquid in the cup, you just don't touch it. I'm like a dog. I always just grab it and try to drink no matter what. Yeah, so but I, I don't want the opposite problem. I don't want to pull that move because that means I've spent who knows how many calories picking it up, putting it to my face and Get realizing nothing. there's nothing in there. So anyway, you know, so I'm not, I don't have infinite energy. So another big. Well, that's because you're not finishing your coffee. <laughs> another big process improvement was we got these clear mugs. So now we can just, you can see the liquid inside. It's amazing. Yeah. So, I got to say though, it weirded me out when, when I first started drinking it. Cause I was looking at it and I was like, I'm a, it's just, it's a weird brown cylinder in there. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to, it's, it's going to float in gonna, there. I'm going to change the shape of this cylinder and put to, the whole thing into shape. my body. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. Gross. Yeah. But so, so, you know, again, another big life improvement in this regard. And then recently I got a blender and Instead of getting like one of the, like we only get an industrial one so you could actually like make smoothies and stuff, right? Because we had this industrial old, smoothies. this old Oster blender. It was like 30 bucks or something. And it's been, we've had it for like three years and it's just slowly been dying because my wife makes a lot of smoothies. And, and sometimes so, you make concrete protein shakes. I do. That I do. have to we've, be eaten with a knife. Yeah, I think we've talked about it before. Yeah. But part of it I realized is actually because the blender sucked. So it wasn't as good as sort of, you know, getting everything whipped blending, up and blending. Blending, will. Yeah. So we got this blender. It's a, a ninja blender which is sort of like the the cheap version of those how do you find it you can't it comes to you it comes to you so (laughs) but i got this ninja blender and i swear to god it's changed changed my life the same way that the tray (laughs) did where i was like i always had this problem you know if i wanted to make a protein shake or something or even just a smoothie and you're like oh man this is gonna take like with the with the previous one you had to blend it and then get a huge spoon and like shove the spoon in there mash stuff down you know, to the bottom where the stupid blades are. And you have bottom. to get a, a plunger to plunge it back up sometimes. Yep. yep. Yeah. And then you blend it again. But this thing has like three rows of blades in a vertical pillar in the middle of the, it's like the whole blender. Oh my God. The whole thing <laughs> is blending. It's not just like the bottom little stupid pieces. Anyway, so if, if anybody's into smoothies or blending <laughs> stuff, whatever, holy moly, get one of those Although, things. You blend the whole world so, with this thing. So if three, if three sets of blades are better than just the one. I think it's going to be. Where's a, the limit? Yeah, it's going to be a, a face razor situation. Yeah, exactly. So, You're going to need a smoothie grinder. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> giant, it's just a giant pit of blades and you just like throw a couple like berries yeah. in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is true though. I mean, having the right tool for some job is, it's crazy. I, so, so recently, uh, it's always been the case for me that when I get tools for things like, you know, a shovel or trimmer or whatever, uh, I just get it and then go use it. And that, that's my relationship with tools, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and if it sucks, I'm like, this tool is not very good at the job that it's supposed to be doing. Uh, and then recently I just got, I just got a cheap whetstone and just sharpened like literally every tool that I own. And holy fuck, that was an amazing improvement. <laughs> I, have, I have these 
my my whatever you call those shears, the little shear guys, you mm-hmm. know, with the long handles for for trimming branches. Yeah, turn them uh, into a razor blade. Yeah, because it, it used to be that I had to like really fight. I could only get kind of you know you know one inch diameter kind of stuff. Now, if I can get the jaws over something, I can cut it. You I can uh, accidentally cut down a tree with that. Yeah, day. I actually just cut drop down it and the trees fall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I cut down most of a tree. Now just here's using those here's an important note though. You know, with all these things, you got to be careful. Your tools aren't too good. Because if you blend something super good, you will split an atom. Yeah. And, and you will explode. Yeah. Yeah. There's a limit. You'll create a nuclear chain reaction from your smoothie. But remember, Adam got so excited about these whetstones, he brought, he bought more and brought yeah. them into the office. I got one now. I got yeah. whetstones. Adam just started too. handing out whetstones like whetstones. Yeah. He's like, when I got a tray, I gave you guys trays. I'm sure you don't actually <laughs> use them, but I gave you trays because I was like, yeah, I think you have a tray somewhere. It probably is. I think it's just a, it's a different it's a different mode of operating because when you're like you know like you need to get snacks in another room and I'm like as soon as I have a snack I just eat it. it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> I've never had a scenario where I was able to get a like, snack to another you place. Up, you pack up the tray and then with all the snacks that you want for like watching a movie and then you move all of them as a unit over. Uh, I guess I also because I I only kind of have one kind of snack at a time typically. So I just get a bowl of something mm. is my, my main strategy. Gotcha. I'm a, I'll, I'll try this the next time, time man. when, when uh, my wife and I rent John wick two, there you go. We'll, we'll scope it out. I did rent that and it was spectacular. Awesome. I've, I've heard also <laughs> speaking of wife, Hey, we got a, time for some questions. Yeah. Our first question. Also, these questions okay. come from, pod- <laughs> these questions the come from <laughs> podcast.bscotch.net. Uh, and so if you want to get your questions on the podcast, I don't over there. Didn't ask us some questions. Our first question comes from 30 Extra. To those of you that are married, how all did you know? What? Is it all of us? Mm-hmm. All of us? Those uh, three of us. How did you know that it was the right time to take that next step? Ooh. Okay, so there's an important note here, which is there's an underlying assumption that it is, in fact, a next step. Is it? Or important. Or is it? Yeah. <laughs> and that it was our decision. Yeah. You know, maybe it was just the the norms of society collective kind of pushed us in. I mean, you you both got to make the choice at some point. Yeah, I think uh, (laughs) one would hope that's how it happened. Is there, I don't know if there's a moment so much as you're just like, I could do this forever. This is good. And I think if you don't have that feeling, you probably shouldn't do it. If you're not like, this isn't. Here's the thing. You know, you know, it's right. It's the right time to take that next step when it doesn't feel like it's going to be a next step. Yeah, when you're like, this will just be a continuation when you're like, of what we've been nothing doing. Nothing is going to yeah. change, which is exactly Perfect. what I want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my, uh, my mentor always said, you want you want two things in your life to be really boring, your technology and your marriage. And at the time, <laughs> so I was I was 20 at the time when he said this. You were I was horrified. Like, I was like, what? That's horrible. God damn. And now I completely understand. Like, you don't want boring in the sense that that well, your crisis. Not your your relationship isn't boring. Exactly. Your but marriage should marriage not have. Yeah, it should not, not have crises. <laughs> there's not drama erupting yeah. constantly. Um, it yeah, should be predictable. Yeah, exactly. it's boring in a particular kind of way. I guess yeah. is the yeah yeah for for me personally, like in the way where it's like constantly tunneling through the earth. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, for, yeah, for, yeah. For me, for me personally, <laughs> it was just a matter of slowly getting over myself. Right. Mm. Because like, because, you know, we're, we're taught, you know, by, by everything around us to be like, you know, you're, you're, there's this whole world of experiences that you're supposed to have. And like in getting married in a relationship is settling down it with one person, down. it locks you down. Like all this is just absolute fucking nonsense bullshit. Right. And, and I just, you know, I had to slowly, slowly get over that as I was kind of entering adulthood, which I still am not a hundred percent sure I've gotten there. Mm-hmm. I mean, into adulthood is what I'm talking about sure. specifically. Uh, because I don't think anybody ever does. Um, but yeah, but it just, it's just going still going to wake that. up and eat a, eat chocolate for breakfast. Exactly. But I think, but I think I'm actually maybe that's what, what being is. an adult truly. I is. think it is. You know, yeah. we don't let kids do it because we're like they'll figure it out. <laughs> that you can. <laughs> that just it's all do a lie. This, yeah. That everything's a lie. <laughs> uh, but it was so I just kind of had to slowly just get over that stuff um, and realize that when I had something really good, which is my relationship that it was nonsensical and dumb to just wonder like, what if there's something better? Mm-hmm. Right. Cause it was perfect. It was, there's a it threshold. was great. Yeah, like, why would, there's a threshold you hit where you're like, this is really good. Yeah. And at that point, you are relax. You're done. Chill out. Yeah. Chill your well, beans, make it even better and move on. Well, yeah. and oftentimes you can, you can sabotage your own shit by constantly asking that question mm-hmm. of being like, but what if, 
Yeah. What if there's something else better? But this out is true. There? Not just this is true in literally all aspects in all everything. Of life. Yeah. Yeah. Because in your in your job in your yep. in your Netflix queue, you know, whatever whatever it is, there's all, you could always keep looking for shit. Yeah. Well, it's interesting though because there's this whole idea of settling, right? Which is which is said always pejoratively, where mm-hmm. you just yeah. say. Uh, it's 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 sort of synonymous with selling out, actually, right? They're yeah, kind of the same is. thing, yeah. uh, and and of course there are ways to do it that are definitely bad, right? If you're like, I don't like this person, but but this is whatever, the best I'm I 28, do, so I guess whatever, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm basically dead by now, <laughs> right? That's clearly like bad, right? <laughs> but but settling from just a more generic case of like when you find something good, just be content and stick with that, right? Yeah. Like there's no. There's no reason, there's no reason at all to do anything but that unless you just want to continue to actually have a bad time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so, so for me, it was mostly just kind of getting over all that bullshit that's been, you know, fed to me. Uh, and which you know, even, even once I kind of decided that, that was the move I wanted to make, I still had to continue getting over that mm-hmm. um, uh, as I moved through. And, and now, like I, like, I just, I couldn't be more content. Yep. Because same, yeah. I look at other people that are trying to like date and stuff, and like t- try to find the oh, one. Oh man, it looks horrible. And I'm like, God damn, I'm glad I'm aware. <laughs> yeah. Stuff. There, well, that's the the spoiler is that there is no. Yeah, there one. is no one. If you're there's looking millions. for the one, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. There's millions of potential great people out yeah, there. Yeah, find somebody awesome and call it a day. Yep, <laughs> call it a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or call them by their name. That's probably a better way to do it. What know? if their name is a, a day? day. <laughs> that's a great name. Yeah, probably shouldn't call them it though. No, no, no. Call, call them a <laughs> call, day. I, I will say too that that I had I had also um, because of because of things like uh, romantic comedies that kind of like infuse Ugh. us with really stupid shitty ideas about what relationships are supposed to be like, <laughs> um, and also because of reality TV, because of all kinds of things. Uh, you know, like when you're growing up, you have a tendency to see a lot of bad relationships, right? Mm-hmm. That's really uh, all you see. It's most of what you see. And, and so, so sometimes you may even grow up with ideas like when you're in a relationship, you just fight with each other. Mm-hmm. Like that's just, a, that's just part of what being in a relationship mm-hmm. is, right? You know, you, sometimes one of you will come home and just start like being a dick to the other one. And that's mm-hmm. just what it's going to be like. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Isn't it so funny how much this sucks? Yeah. It actually made me super uncomfortable when uh, uh, my wife and I went on a cruise with her family last December and we did the newlyweds game, which we won by the way. And nice. the weirdest thing though, was that the whole time there was this constant insinuation from the hosts and then the crowd that, that life for married people sucked. Yeah. Like just constantly. Yeah. Like, well, oh yeah. I bet yeah. it's really tough when he does that. Like, Oh, he's such yeah, a like piece people, of shit. Yeah, like, people like referring to the, the, each other's spouse as like a ball, ball and chain, chain you yeah. know, like, mm-hmm. Oh, like I'm in prison. <laughs> <laughs> like, Holy shit. Quit being an idiot. Don't need to but, figure so, your shit out. But I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, mean I, I knew I knew that that I was in a really good spot uh, when so my my wife and I we had never fought. It's like in our first year and a half, two years of being together, we had never fought about anything, and we got married uh, after a year and a half of being together. And we would tell people this. We'd say, yep, we've never had a fight. Like if we ever had any kind of an issue, we just talk about it and figure out what- You argue effectively. Yeah, we just figure out what a resolution is and then we just do that thing, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So we've never had a screaming match. We've never had like this like crazy bickering, you know, ridiculous stuff going on. And we would tell this to people who had been married for a while and they would always do this kind of like- (laughs) (laughs) Just wait. You just wait. (laughs) Once you've been together for two or three years- you know, yeah, and now it's been seven. Yeah, I've been still have I've never been with had my wife for twelve years this summer. Whoa! And we also haven't fought. Never had a fight. Yeah. So it turns out you can just. But at some point, though, at some point, right? I just, you wait. I'll just wait another ten years. Statistically, <laughs> and then eventually, uh, one of you is just gonna snap and just well, start it's throwing important to note that, it's just, that when you guys say don't you don't be an asshole. Well, guess, when you say you haven't fought, it's something you don't argue about stuff. No, there you yeah, always yeah. have. You always have differences always and things you have to figure out. But it's, a, it's an intention difference where it's not about like it's about good faith. It's not about wounding the other person. Yeah, there's no saying, cutting each other down. We got a problem here. But Let's it's it's about. Basically what what I did when I decided I wanted to get married is is I was choosing a, a teammate, mm-hmm. right? Who's who basically I was gonna be a communist with. You're gonna play yep. life co-op mode. <laughs> yeah, it's life co-op mode. Where we just <laughs> everything we have is now just ours, right? So we don't we don't have to play this bullshit game of like, you know, who's whose money is this really? And like there's none of that. It's just everything is is ours, right? Uh so and it's because we're a team. And the plan is we're a team until something happens that we can't be a team anymore because, 
you know, something terrible happens or we Cause you want, did. Or, yeah. <laughs> or we decide to go our separate ways. Right. Uh, neither, neither of which either of us see on the radar, but we both know is a possibility. And so we just made a conscious decision, an explicit decision that while, while we were together, which we plan to do for all of time, mm-hmm. uh, we're just a team. It's, this is also it's equal 50, 50, everything is ours. And, but we also, you know, we, but we're independent human beings. So we still, we're, we're there to support each other, help each other achieve the things that we each want to achieve. Uh, neither of us owes the other person anything except support. Um, and that's it. So yeah. it's just choosing a teammate, which is and really This, this is also why for Sam's wedding, we, you know, like a lot of times the, the minister or whatever will have a Bible and they'll be, re- they'll have their notes in there. Um, so we had a, a Dungeons and Dragons player's handbook uh-huh. that we had our notes in mm-hmm. while Adam and I were officiating at Sam's wedding. Yeah. So that's go co-op mode. Yep. It's time. Yeah. You formed a party now. Go to the dungeon. It's time to go adventure <laughs> through the dungeon yeah, well, of life. That's exactly it is, is life is like really, is really difficult. And like, and yeah. it's the entire human built universe. For some reason, humans made it to be as hard for other humans to survive in as possible. Right. Uh, and, and that means that, if your biggest source of life difficulty is your significant other, you know, not spouse independent, whatever your marital status is, but mm-hmm. just your significant other. If that's where your life difficulty is coming from, like get the you're fuck fucking out of doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah. Or, get maybe, out of or there. maybe you're the Cause problem. it's hard enough for yeah. you. I think that that's actually the thing that, that pushed uh, Diana and I, cause we were, I think we were only dating for a year, maybe a year and a quarter or something like that. When I got the, the diagnosis, she was 19. Still in college. And I think the, the thing that pushed it for me was we were chatting about it. And of course we've been serious up to then, but, um, but not in the sort of, we hadn't really been not life or death serious. Yeah. Not, not life or death and not like rest of your life sort of serious, but we, we both had inklings of it. But when I, I told her about it and I was like, you know, you can go if you want, because I understand this is really fucked up and she's like, going to get real, I'm probably going to die. So it's, it's totally fine if you just cut, you know, cut loose now. So you don't have to watch this whole train wreck. And I remember, I remember the look on her face, which was just like astonishment and then rage. And she was like, what are you talking about? Like, fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> she was like, fuck you. No. I'm sticking I'm around. around. And then I was like, oh, that's marry this woman. And then, <laughs> so you did have one fight. Well, the thing is like, we argue. We argue a lot, right? But I think it's the down thing. right there. But though. it's not, it's not bad <laughs> argument. Yeah. Fuck you, buddy. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> but we, we do argue a lot, but it's not, not in a, it's like the same way we argue when we're talking about a game design thing. We're like, oh, what if we did this? What if we did you're this? You're both trying to meet the same end. Yeah. You realize that you're coming at it from different perspectives. Exactly. That each perspective may have some merit, you know, merit to it. And you got to figure out what's good about both. Yeah. And yeah. Well, find a good right. solution. Because you're not trying to do what you want to do. You're trying to do something for the team. Right. Trying to do what's best. Yeah. And I remember at our, uh, for our vows, the big joke we had was, you know, from, from running the studio for three years with no money first. And then from the cancer stuff, we're like, all right, we got the in sickness and in health thing. We're, we're good. We checked that box uh, for richer, for poor. Super Covered. good on that one. <laughs> so we already did it. So it's like, that was the joke for the marriage thing where it was like, I mean, you don't really need to make these promises because <laughs> you did it. You already did it. <laughs> yeah. So, so whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Next question comes from Degeki. What is your most prominent phobia today? What about when you were a youngin, Ooh. sort of under 18? Most prominent phobia. What kinds of things are you are you scared like about or worried out. about, you know, as an adult? And then what about when you were a kid? I guess, yeah, I think. I was always worried growing up that people would delete my Final Fantasy save. <laughs> <laughs> that was a big concern. Anytime somebody's on the PlayStation, you're mm, like, I got, save. I got 60 hours in that. Yeah, thing. that's dangerous, man. So you save s- loss phobia. Yep. You see, like your little brother brings his friends over, and they want to they want to play on the PlayStation. You're like, I'm just gonna take that memory card. Like, let me just uh, just wipe that. <laughs> I think, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think for me growing up, I was actually I was super scared of the dark. We talked about the ghost stories a little bit, mm-hmm. but I was like, I was genuinely very scared of the dark. The dark is where ghosts live. It is up until I was like 14. I think one of the one of the weirdest things as being an adult this happened. I think a few a few nights ago. We have this, uh, our bathroom, one of our bathrooms, the, the switch sometimes just like doesn't work to turn lights on. And sometimes light just turns on or turns off just by itself. Probably a ghost. Who knows? Yeah. So, it's definitely a ghost. So you might want to have an electrician look at that because it could be a fire hazard. Yeah. Well, we had a, a guy ghost, look at it. Sort of ghost oriented I mean, fire yes, hazard. Of course a ghost is causing it, but still though. Cause Did you know that yeah. 10% of fires are ghost fires? <laughs> Did you know? Would doubt it. But yeah, so I was, I was sitting there. And this was I actually couldn't sleep. So I'd gotten up and I was like, I'm just going to do some work for a little bit. And so I'd done some writing at my desk and then went to the bathroom. And, and as I was sitting there with the light on, the light goes out. 
And I'm sitting there, I'm like, the thing is, I felt <laughs> fine. As an adult, I was like, I'm in my, this is my fucking house. Yeah. I know everything that's happening in here. Right. I'm the ghost. I am the ghost. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I'm the one so, who turns the lights off. I feel so grown up. And then, miraculously, the light turned back on after like 10 seconds. It was just your confidence. Yeah. Thing, you know? The ghost also, was like, oh, shit, get an electrician because your bathroom's going to burn. Yeah, it might burn down. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I think uh, the, the dark was definitely the old one. I think the new one, I don't know. I don't like the idea of like, Really, uh, actually, I had like a really gross dream about this, but like, uh, if your skin was sort of just like hollow and, and <laughs> fragile, and you could just like poke it and it'd be like brittle and break away. Now, that's, oh, that's oh, weird. I so really I did have I, this, this I, is not necessarily like a phobia, but I had a horrible nightmare, uh, <laughs> two nights ago. Oh, no. And I like, I felt it and it was crazy. It's like, you know, people talk about nightmares where like your teeth fall out. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was like this, except with one fucked up twist, which is like, and in my dream, like I brushed my teeth and I, I felt like the minty feel, you know, on your teeth. And then it kept getting more and more like intense, minty. like more and more <laughs> minty. And then all of a sudden my teeth shattered. Whoa. Like it was like, it was like, psh, like they burst <laughs> and all that was left was like these like, sh, like shards, shards oh. and like just fucked up gnarly, like bone fragments <laughs> in my mouth. What the fuck? <laughs> And so then the rest of my dream, I was running around trying to find a dentist to fix. That was a very reasonable, that's know, a good approach solution. Yeah, to the problem. But, but man, but I do. I will say because I, I have I have uh, gone through years of orthodontics work, Ooh. and I also have fractured a molar from you know from getting gains. You know, I clenched my teeth, <laughs> too fractured a molar, which was excruciating pain. Uh, and so I do now as an adult, I do have a lot of sort of teeth related fears. Sure. Uh, so there is that. I mean, it's really, it's really weird because you have bones just sticking out of your face. They're very vulnerable. It's really strange. And yeah. when they break, they just, that's it. Yep. They don't heal. They're nope. just broken and gone. Right, let's quit freaking so. people out. Let's move on. Like, so. <laughs> yeah. I feel, uh, like I feel everybody <laughs> shuddering in the future. Uh, do not want. All right. Next question comes from... <laughs> Uh, Killer Pracol, who made this nickname when they were a kid mm. and have kept it ever since, uh, which is a reference to one of our older podcast episodes about how you were stuck with the nicknames you make when you were a kid. <laughs> uh, question is, uh, whenever I'm looking for something, I can never find it. Why is mm. that? But whenever I'm not looking for something, I can always find it. Please help a pants lowered out, he says. <laughs> when you're looking for something, you can't. <laughs> find it i guess that's because you're only looking where you think it's going to be yes and, this actually is a lateral thinking problem this is yeah. a lateral thinking problem this is exactly like the uh the motivation experiments about solving puzzles mm -hmm. for money yeah which have we did we talk about that i think we may we have a little bit quick, so like quick refresher yeah i think it was is, actually only a few ago quick refresher is uh there was a, a series of studies done about sort of people's motivation under or people's ability to solve problems under different kinds of pressure and different kinds of motivation. And uh, what they basically found was that if they would hand somebody a, a series of puzzles to solve and they would, they would just, they had two separate groups, one group, they would just say, here, here's some puzzles. Enjoy. Mm -hmm. And then the people would be like, <laughs> fuck yeah, puzzles. And then they would just start doing the puzzles um, and then they would solve them and then they would go home. And that was, then they would just, they would measure how long it took, but the people didn't know that they were being timed. Then they had a second group where they said, here's a bunch of puzzles. We're going to, you know, pay you based on how fast you solve them. And the faster you solve them, the more money you're going to get. And suddenly these people took like 50% longer to solve these puzzles because they got so fixated on the outcome that they, that they were unable to do sort the of, task. they were unable to do the task effectively and think outside the box in such ways that would allow them to solve the puzzle in a reasonable way. So by getting fixated on the finding of the thing, you actually, you narrow your focus, you narrow your focus, you close your mind. And now mm -hmm. you suddenly become incapable of doing the very thing mm -hmm. that you're trying to there's, do. There's also been a few studies. So the, the general concept is a, is a filter. So your, your attentional focus is, works kind of like a filter where you say, okay, I'm going to look for my keys, for example. Well, and usually when you're looking for your keys, you're also under time pressure. Yep. Cause you're, you're like, never, you're, ne you're never like, ago. you're never like, it's mid afternoon. I don't have anything to do. I wonder where my keys are. I'm just going to go. I'm going to find them. That's it's true. always, I got three minutes. Yeah. I got to find my fucking keys. Exactly. So you're, always, you're just zoned in. And, uh, and, and part of it, there's been some other studies that show that, that people who have not like, not full blown, say ADHD or something like that, but, but basically a, a loosening of their, of their, the filter that sort of keeps stuff out. Um, 
So like a light touch of ADD uh, tend to have an easier time with sort of these uh, creative tasks or these lateral thinking exercises because there's more noise. And actually the noise is where you get some of this extra uh, you know, inspiration or in the case of trying to find a thing, if you're just sort of like walking around, then you're actually taking in more information about the general environment than if you're just you're like stressed, laser beaming. Yep. Like there's the tray. They're not in the tray. There's the bed stand. They're not in the bed stand. Where could they be? Those are the only two possible places. And then they're in your pocket. And then you just keep looking back and forth. At those two <laughs> oh, places. That isn't, that isn't fully true though either because you, what your brain is always doing is it's your brain actually, of course, sees everything, right? So if you're looking around for your keys, it, it might even see your keys, right? But but what it's constantly doing when it's when it's filtering stuff is trying to only find things relevant to you. Well, there's so there's a difference between sight and perception. Yeah, like so the seeing is, the sky and not knowing exactly. where the color. So you might you might <laughs> right. see it in the sense that yeah, the light hit your eyeballs, but that's not the important part. The perception part is important. yeah, and so the attention it doesn't, it doesn't actually right. So right. it doesn't help you to like have scattered focus and see a jillion right. things, right? Uh, what what helps you is is having your mind able to perceive more than just one thing. And, gotta, and we're, you when you're loose. looking for things, what you're typically doing is saying, I think it might be in this drawer. And now your brain says drawer and it and looks it might at be that just sitting thing. there right on top of your shelf. Or right? it might be in your hand right now. Right. Which so I think, so I think the key is if you want to be <laughs> what better, key? where is it? <laughs> if you want to be better at finding stuff, uh-huh. then make sure that you, if you know, say like you're going to go somewhere later, like you're going to go on a drive somewhere just check and see where your keys are now mm. when you're not under time crunch, when you're not hyper-focusing your brain and therefore losing all the extra details, you know? Because anyway, mm-hmm. you're still looking for your keys, but, you know, you can be more casual about mm-hmm. it, be a little more open-minded. Alternatively, develop a bunch of keys-related habits so that you literally never have to consciously think about your keys the ever. keys are always where they're supposed they're to always be. always where yep. they're supposed to be. Al- alternatively, alternatively, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. go to the locksmith, get right. 30, 40... Hundred keys, <laughs> just scatter them around Sprinkles. your house like confetti. Yeah. Um, this is—it's always keys too. Mm-hmm. Like what else? What else do people lose? It should be like finding hair from your spouse in your clothes. You're just like, oh, there's a lunch. key in my underpants. Oh, God damn. Yeah, yeah, you start yeah. brushing your teeth. You're like, well, oh, there's a key in your mouth. <laughs> you know, there's just keys everywhere. You'll never have that problem. You again. will never have that problem. And then, it, and then you'll know when it's time when when you start when you have to start looking for keys. And it takes more than like three seconds to just stumble across one. You're like, I got to get some more keys. Mm-hmm. Grab one of those, take it to locksmith, get another few hundred. Yep. Scattered yeah. There is house. one and only one problem I see with this approach. I can't quite understand just, what it is. It's only be, one but, though. Yeah. And, and that problem is that if you at some point need to change your locks and rekey them, is mm. now the problem of like finding a key you mix comes back. Because yeah. now- because now you have to find every single one of those keys, which now the finding problem No, you is don't, back. though, because now those are decoy keys, right? So but now they're decoys for yourself, though. No, because what you do now is you get you get your new <laughs> lock, and then you get you get keys that are totally Completely different. different. Oh, I see. So, so they're, they're different are, model. Yeah, and, there are keys you can get that just look crazy. So I got these cool, like, zero-gravity keys that are, yeah. like, they're red, and they have a circle it's thing. It's kind of an expensive way to get 100 keys, though. They're like, they're like $1.50 a piece or something. Yeah, you know? but I mean... It's more than just regular cheapo keys. That's true. But I mean, if you're going to take this strategy, it's going to have, I will say, Diane and I have, have pooled sort of like all the random keys you get for, you know, like a bike lock, uh, maybe like a storage unit, all this stuff. We have this iron, this little antique iron tub that we bought at this place in St. Louis. (laughs) And uh, it's this cute little thing. And for some reason, I think like one of us, it used to be empty and just like this nice little thing. And like one of us put a key in there and now just all of the keys not car keys, but like just all of those random miscellaneous keys are just in this tub to the point where it's just full of keys. And we had an incident where- Do you even know what they go to? No. That's so, basically my keychain. I have like six keys on there. I don't actually know yeah. what they're for, but <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> just in case. So my best friend lives down the street and he called and he's like, oh shit, like I, I took the trash out and I locked myself out. Can I come by and get my key that I gave you? And you're like, good luck. And I was like, yes. And then Diane, <laughs> he comes I and Diane so. and I are like digging through this tub. And I'm like, I have no, didn't ever mark it when he gave it to me. Mm-hmm. have no idea which one of these keys it is. So he goes through the whole thing and he's like, I think it's this one, like based on the thickness. <laughs> <laughs> and luckily he was correct. But uh, yeah, he's like, we're going to label this. Uh, That's good. But there's still just a stack of keys. There. I have no idea where most of them go. Yeah, when we maybe it's time for a burn it down. Yeah, it it's time be. for a burn it down. When we moved into our house, we uh, the first thing we did on day two was have a locksmith come and rekey every lock everywhere, including like the 
weird ones on the gate and stuff. Everything to the same set of keys. Because mm. uh, it used to be when we when we moved in, we got a key ring that had like six keys on it. For yeah, that was the same. The keys. Same in our house. Yeah, so we just rekeyed everything. And then later on, I needed to replace some of the locks that they'd broken and some other stuff. And I discovered that Quickset makes a home rekeyable lock. So I just bought a bunch of them, keyed them to my keys that I already had, Whoa. and replaced the other ones that hadn't gotten replaced the first time and the ones that broke. Shit, and so now, yeah. For for all of the rest of time now, I will always have one key that goes to everything. Hmm. So like there's so pass. there's some good some good tips on <laughs> on keys, yeah, finding <laughs> things. Uh, I hope that helps. Uh, all right, well that's all the time we have for this week. Uh, it's been fun. Mm-hmm. Thank you all for good listening. One. Yeah. Uh, we'd also like to thank our studio wrangler, Monique, for putting this episode together and our producer, Fat Bard, for making us sound good. We'd also like to thank the B-Scotch dev team, Andy, Tifa, and Sure for continuing to build stuff while we're in here doing this podcast. Also, special thanks to our community moderators who keep our Discord and forums running so that we don't have to, you know, ban all the, all the Trolls. hobgoblins. The hobgoblins. <laughs> we just use three different words, don't <laughs> And uh, of course, we'd also like to thank our listeners for coming back every week to listen to us. And if you'd like to get more involved in the Butterscotch community, hop into our Discord server at bit.ly slash BS Discord. Come say hi. Um, And uh, as I said earlier, we we are now opening up our mailbox for whatever. Fan mail, candy, hopefully candy. Yeah. Uh, Mostly just I'd like some candy. (laughs) And that's going to be at a bit.ly slash Scotch mailbox. Also, we don't advertise this show, so we depend completely on word of mouth. So if you want to help us out, spread the word. Tell people about it. Get over to uh, iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. It's now called Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. We got to use the right branding, mm. otherwise, who knows that what will happen. Is longer. Yep, but we'll <laughs> use it. <laughs> Head on over to Apple Podcasts. Uh, give us a give us five star review. We'd really appreciate it. Every little bit helps. So thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.